Missy Glossomack, and you're listening to our goes and airwaves. We are back at Igosian Airwaves, and you have just tuned into our channel. I don't know what that means. I don't know if you can tune into channels on a podcast. We're still learning because we're Igosian Airwaves. But we're back. I'm the host, Shu. You probably are familiar with my voice, and you've probably been, at least the last couple of times, missing the voice of my co-pilot and co-host but he's back ladies and gentlemen the one and only the mayor of igosia kai martin hello and it is good to be back yep yep i'm, I'm sure you feel that way kai what are we doing today like it's not just you and me i hope no no this because it's not just you and me this will be much more productive and informative and helpful because of our guest all good words yes um and but but yet still funny at the same time no guarantees i'm hoping so so we are being joined today by a guy who i like to call jeff graves i call him jeff graves because that's his name so he's here with us jeff is the student minister at grace bible church in lavernia texas Lavernia. Lavernia. Is that just what you like to call it, or is that what it's actually called? Is that a real, a real name of a place, Lavernia? Well, I like to call it Lavernia. The name of the town he's actually from is Lavernia. And that is Spanish for the Vernia. Yeah. Okay. The the female Vernia. Yeah. Now, Jeff. Hey. um, What's going on? Yeah. (laughs) before we let Jeff actually like really talk, our audience sometimes is not as familiar with Texas as we are. Mm. And they may not know exactly where Laverne is. So Kai has, Kai's come up with a great way to identify for people exactly where Laverne is. So Kai, can you explain that to Jeff and then make sure he can explain it to our audience? A little bit we do called, how far is that from Panhandle? So... (laughs) Being from Panhandle, both the region and the town, I tend to identify places by their proximity to Panhandle. That's like my plumb line. That's the center. And so I get that. Yeah. So how far is Lavernia from Panhandle or where is Lavernia from Panhandle? Uh, Let's see. So Lavernia to Panhandle would probably take you, let's see, it takes me seven and a half hours to get home to where I grew up in Plainview. So another hour and a half. So you're looking at about nine hours, eight or nine hours, depending on how fast you drive, you know. Eight and a half to nine hours from mm-hmm. Panhandle? Uh, is that, what is that, south? Where are we, which way are we going from Panhandle? So, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going south. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going, we're going down, that's for sure. Yeah. We're going down and maybe a little to the side. A little okay. east. Not far, but we'll eat. Yeah. So the, I mean, so this probably won't be helpful, but it sounds like you might be somewhat close to San Antonio. I mean, yeah. I yeah. San Antonio is a great landmark. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that won't help anybody, but Panhandle will. It's just a long way. And <laughs> yeah. you, you said you're from Plainview? I am from Plainview. So we, 
we didn't actually know Panhandle at all, but then I discovered them and figured out how magical it was. Yeah. I say, when you say you're, you know, 15 miles Southeast of San Antonio, most people are going to hear that and go, okay, I still have no clue where that is. But if you tell them you're eight and a half hours, mostly South and a little East of Panhandle, they'll go, oh yeah, yep. I, know, I know kind of where that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even really realize that I was 15 minutes Southeast of San Antonio. So this has been <laughs> for me as well. Yeah. What I really like here is because it's, it's something that I've thought many times is that you were actually like, you grew up in the panhandle, mm -hmm. but yet you didn't know anything about panhandle. And I think <laughs> that that's amazing. And also <sighs> it, telling it, it, it helps me understand a lot of things about Kai. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. You grew well, up speaking at of hometowns and stuff. We're going to change it up a little today. Oh, the format changing it, up, changing it up so we normally save a section we do called rapid fire until Ooh, the very end i love this we're section. gonna open with it because it's gonna help us get to know jeff mm. and his background a little bit better so in this section of igosian airwaves the guest in this case jeff has no clue what these questions are going to be <laughs> so this yeah. is this is improv at its finest so we'll see how this goes. So we've talked a lot about Lavernia and Plainview where you grew up. And one interesting thing about Jeff that's true for very few people is that the town he grew up in is also the town he went to college in. So this is true. Jeff, would you recommend going to college in the same town you grew up in? Why or why not? Ooh, uh, I would say, I would say no. I would say no. <laughs> Just because okay. it's good to get out of your house. And no, I, I didn't stay at my house. And so my parents actually, I was so far not going to my house that my parents called my one of my best friends and was like, hey, you need to tell him to come home and see his, see his parents. Or, uh, yeah. So <laughs> you're in the that same town. Did they just step outside the door and go, hey, Jeff? You know? <laughs> They may have done that, but as a you know, as their son, I've I've learned how to tune out their voice <laughs> and tune into everyone else's but theirs. Yeah, no, so yeah, they they called my friend and was like, hey, he needs to come home um, and see us every once in a while, even though same town, went to the same church, um, you know, and Plainview, not the biggest, so we were probably in the same restaurants at some point in time. Right. Um, so I don't know what that says about me as a person. Yeah. It's a place like Cotton Patch, right? Everybody goes to Cotton oh, Patch. Oh, Cotton like, Patch. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Leal. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know what it says about you, but it definitely says something about Plainview that that was the case. So, <laughs> so good. You just couldn't pry yourself away from it. I, I couldn't. Yeah. That, and, and hold on. Just, just, to give, just to give them a fair shot. Like it was Wayland Baptist University for people that don't know anything about Plainview. You went to Wayland Baptist University. That's the Baptist University that's so close to Panhandle that some people don't always remember it. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And I'll just say Wayland Baptist. Thank you for the free tuition because I was from Plainview. So Ooh. slight motivating factor. You know, so kids, kids, if they offer you free tuition to come, 
in your same town might be worth it. It's kind of what you got to do to keep kids in plain view, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, takes <laughs> a lot. Nice. My bad. So, speaking of plain view, if you've been to plain view, you would have surely noticed the unordinary amount i mean one would be unordinary but yeah. the fact that there's multiple of these things is crazy these painted cows and steers that are all over plain view so what's the story behind those things from a native from a native um so trying to put plain view on the map somebody thought that all you had all you had to do was say we're only an hour and a half south of panhandle that would have done it <laughs> That's what I thought too, you know, but after I learned about Panhandle, that is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, they thought, hey, I think somebody went up to Chicago or somewhere and saw that somebody had, you know, some things very similar to that and was like, hey, let's get our name on the map and people will come to look at our fiberglass cows that are all over town. Like that's what was missing, right? Like that's the reason Chicago had notoriety and y'all didn't. And it we wasn't didn't. anything like the buildings or the sports yeah. teams. It was yeah. because yeah. they had painted cows. They had cows, yeah. I, it really, it, it made sense and it did a lot to, <laughs> to, to draw people in, you know, and yeah. So if the free <laughs> tuition wasn't enough, the painted cows really push it over the top you can go all and they're all over town and so yeah. you can just take a little tour you know take about 10 minutes you know but you can go all over town and, and see them all right, really, how many how many Ooh, man if i were bet it's been a while um since i've done the tour uh there's probably 15 to 20 all over town <laughs> That's crazy. and at random random places random places yeah yeah. Just just so we know, he said it's been a while since I've done the tour. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, if, you, if you haven't, you you really you need to go and take the tour, and then your life will be complete, and you can check that off your bucket list. I feel yeah. like these, I, I don't see the lie in that statement. I don't see a lie. I, I, I don't even... All right. So question number three. We're gonna go a little more, a little more serious now. Most influential person on your youth ministry practice and philosophy. Oh, most influential person on my youth ministry practice and philosophy. Mm -hmm. Um, gosh, I would have to say, uh, I'd have to say Jordan White, my uh, my youth pastor growing up. Yep. Awesome. Shout out. Great answer. First Baptist Plain View. Yep. Yep. First Baptist Plain View. Yeah. I think he's at uh, Colonial Heights in uh, Wichita Falls now. So. Oh, cool. Nice. Check him out. Very cool. All right. Grossest thing you ever witnessed at a youth event? Uh, oof, man. So many. Uh, probably playing football with a cow tongue and then, and then I think somebody took a bite out of it, it was raw. Can you imagine biting into a piece of fiberglass? 
Yes. I'm not going to lie. If you fill a cow tongue, like they have them at the store, yeah. the, the texture, I still can't get it out of my mind. It haunts yeah. me. It haunts my no, dream. No, there's a rule here. You don't taste something that could be tasting you at the same time. <laughs> like you, there's a rule. Yeah. Football with a cow tongue. Was that your idea or just something you had to jump on board with? Uh, it may have been my idea. It may have been my idea. <laughs> Very nice. Was it inspired by your tour? Like one of those cows in Plainview had its tongue sticking out and you were like, that's it. That's, that's what we got to do. Honestly, I was going through the supermarket and I saw a cow tongue and I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. 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 All right. Genius. Best book you read in 2020. Ooh, best book I read in 2020 that would imply that I know how to read. So best book that I listened to. <laughs> uh, best book I read in 2020. That shows you how little I read. Um, you were busy traveling and yeah, seeing the world. Sadly. Um, Jesus, Jesus, you can pick a book out of the Bible, man. <laughs> I would say the Bible, but I did read some. I think that's a cop out. So I read uh, I read Francis Chan's last book, uh, Letters to the Letters to the Church. Oh yeah, probably my best, probably my favorite. Yeah, yeah. your your uh, best. Did book I feel... did I finish it? No. <laughs> like the rest of my books on my shelves, they're two thirds done. Oh my gosh, you and my wife would. Uh relate to each other on that i don't think she's ever finished a book in her life it's crazy shout out to emily martin <laughs> yeah so uh i just like to make up my own endings you know where it's like <laughs> yeah yeah leave some suspense hanging at the end there yeah. all right your go-to order at whataburger oh you know about whataburger i thought that was just a mom and pop thing here in lavernia Oh my goodness. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, go to order. Sweet and spicy bacon burger meal, hands down. Oh. That's a good one. Yeah. Got to get the spicy ketchup. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Nothing like it. Mm. All right. Favorite Igosian mascot? Ooh. Man, it's either between the llama or the, or the buffalo. Okay. Llama or the buffalo? Um, Both yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go buffalo. Buffalo. All yeah. right. If you had to pick Tatanka. Tatanka. That's right. <laughs> For you dancers with wolves fans out there, those of you listening who are old enough to remember that movie. Um, so, your what mascot would you pick if you had to adopt one as a pet? Ooh. You know, if I had to adopt one as a pet. Yeah, you got to take care of this thing. <laughs> and it survive. Oh, man. Man, I would probably pick a, pick a buffalo. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I, I hear buffalo meat tastes pretty good. And so down the line, I could, I could actually use that. Yeah, there you go. That's a... That's not the route most people have gone with that question, but uh, I like it. Yeah, he is from uh, West Texas. Yeah, spoken like a true Plainview resident there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotta have meat. All right, two more. One, just to bring it back a little more serious here. 
Yes. If you were any character from the movie Lonesome Dove or the miniseries, rather, who would you be? Uh, sadly, I have not watched that movie. I don't have 10 hours of my life to devote to a series. <laughs> yeah. Well. The rest of your hours have a sense of lacking purpose and meaning until you've spent those two hours. I mean, is it, is it even on, is it even on DVD or anything? Yeah. I mean, it is? okay. I, I, I thought it was VHS old school. Oh no, they got they got Blu-ray. It's six hours. That's all. It's like like next time you get quarantined. <laughs> yeah. Inevitably. <laughs> right. Yeah. If there were ever a year to watch it, it would have been this year. All right. Well, I'm disappointed about that. But hey, let's just on. let's just proceed as if this is going really well. Right. What else can you do <laughs> like that? All right. So. My understanding is from Facebook and other sources, such as the great Sean Mahana, we mentioned earlier, that you've been rocking that beard since, what was it, like uh, fifth grade? Third. Third? Third. It was a little patchier then. It was a little patchier. Oh, man. Your first year of third grade or which year of third grade? Uh, Probably fourth. Nice. I'm still trying to learn how to read, you know? So regardless of when it began, the question is, is there is there an end game for the beard? Is there any plan to to eliminate the beard in the future? Oh, no, no. Because okay. I look at pictures of myself pre-beard and I'm frightened by the picture that I see. And You must have been a really scary looking toddler. Yeah, I was, and then uh, and then I'm afraid that my kids may not actually know who I am if I, if I shave it. It's not necessarily a bad thing at the right time, you know. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and then not to mention, I don't know how white my skin would be under here, and it would probably be pretty hideous. Well, I figure if you survived wearing a mask with the beard, you're gonna keep the beard because I know that's not fun all the time. No, yeah, no, no, no. Do, do I like to keep it a little shorter than I did back in the day? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've looked at some old pictures and whew, Duck Dynasty was, was wow. kind of a real thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you for providing us with another great segment that we like to call Rapid Fire. <laughs> No doubt, no doubt. Uh, yeah, Jeff, it's good to get to know you a little bit, to know what you have accomplished in your life with the tour of the cows of Plainview and what you still need to accomplish with mm -hmm. Lonesome Dove. Lonesome so Dove, like yeah. We've, I think, think we've really, really did a good job of expanding. Giving me some yeah. things to strive towards. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, before we start recording, we talked about how Wing Feather that might need to be the best book of 2021. So, or the series, really. So it's four books. So I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. be too crazy. Maybe just the first book in 2021. Perfect. We'll go yeah. from there. Because it, it, it's going to take me a while. Yeah, <laughs> a, a page or two a day. I don't know how long. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll get you in. It'll get you going. Um, but man, we wanted to have you on the podcast, not just to like have fun with those questions and, and get to know you a little bit better, but also because man, over the last few years, we've really gotten to know you guys, uh, your students, your youth ministry, mainly through your involvement at Launchbox, but you also took a group over to Germany and uh, with us. And it's been a really cool journey for us yeah. to, um, to, and we're like, we like, we love doing this. We just don't often get to step outside the Baptist circle a little bit and, and connect with guys that are really getting it done that we just don't all, all the time run in those same circles. And so you, you guys and what you are doing at Grace Bible is really cool. And I, this is kind of a spoiler alert for the podcast, but this year we're going to be going to Lavernia for Launchbox week one. We're expanding to two weeks and you guys are hosting us. What? Come on. <laughs> Come on. We're so excited about that, man. That's so cool that you said yes. And we'll talk about that later, but, um, yeah, we love what you're doing. We love we love seeing in youth ministry. Is it, like, where were you at in ministry before uh, you landed at Grace? Whew. So he's he he took me out of Texas. I know you know. It's okay. That's, you came that's back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I went to uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Right outside Atlanta, Georgia, I worked at Northlandair Baptist Church for a little while. Um, Spent a little bit of time in Florida right after I graduated college, you know, because I had nothing to do because I didn't have a job yet, you know, homeless living on a, living on a couch. And uh, and so then I, I got a job at First Baptist Church, Quitman, Mississippi, and was wow. there for for about five years uh, before I came here. And I've been here at Grace Bible in Lavernia for seven years. Nice. Uh, Kai, I don't think we should do the how far is Atlanta, Georgia from Panhandle? Like, a, Oh yeah. Let, let people a, look it up if they got the internet or something, you know? Right. Like, I agree. I mean, who's <laughs> even heard of Atlanta? Uh, yeah. Kind of small. And why, why would you leave Panhandle to go there? <laughs> For yeah. why? The, the, the view is definitely not better. I'll no. say. No. Spoken like a guy from Plainview. So, okay. So seven years at Grace. Seven years. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, I, 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 I don't know if you think of yourself this way, but you're a veteran of youth ministry now. Like you're, you're one of the guys that has been getting this done with this generation and, and doing this stuff. And so our audience for our podcast is, is about eight people and that those eight people are, are students like I go students and a couple youth ministers and we want our podcast to try to help them like speak truth into them to encourage them. And so you're thinking about talking to students, but, but, but very specifically to student ministers um, and, and how you can connect to them, how we can help them and how can we can come alongside them because you know what I go does because you've been around I go and we're all about missions, but ultimately kind of one of the ways we like to say is we want to see students that own their faith, that live out their faith and can share their faith. And so yeah. I would love for you to talk about that. I'd love for you to just share some experience in youth ministry and, and maybe like start with the idea of, man, 
you've been doing this in a bunch of different settings for for several years. What do you think is the essential? Like, what what are the essentials of youth ministry in the age we're in now, and the culture that we're in now? Man, what what are the what what have you figured out, man? This stuff you have to be involved in these things. Yeah, um, man. I think I come up with a handful of things just right off the top of my head. Connection is is vitally important, hmm. right? Allowing student like connecting with students and connecting students with people outside of just you. Yeah, right. Because our our I think our natural, especially you know, at the beginning of youth ministry was hey. I don't need anybody else. I just got to connect the students with me. And, but man, the importance of getting a team that is on the same mindset and vision and wants to uh, pour into students and getting them to connect. And so where, man, when inevitably things aren't going how the student wants it to go in life, you know, when the breakup happens or, um, you know, there's, chaos at the house they have a connecting point with somebody that man i know that they care for me and so now i can have somebody to turn into and then they can point them back to to christ right in in whatever situation and so i think getting people to connect is is important but then that flows into man the the second i think discipleship like intentional discipleship is is big and so you know, our, our idea is like, Hey, let's, we want, we want all these kids coming. Right. And so we put all our focus on just getting as many kids as we can. And that's a great vision, but man, the only way to really get that done is through establishing discipling relationships with a handful and then sending them out to, to kind of do the same. And, um, and, and I think the, the struggle there is, discipleship is a long-term game right you got to take the long view and man we want the we want the short term right and the long term is and so much more beneficial um and so you know having a vision to reach all but knowing that the only way to reach all is through (laughs) discipling relationships that send out and and multiply right um i think teaching biblical truth, especially in this, in this day and age, man, uh, golly, I can't, I can't tell you how many conversations we have with students who are just going, all right, so I heard this. What does the Bible say about this? Cause man, they, they hear stuff that goes completely against more than probably any, any point that I remember sure. where, and it's even where, Hey, I, you know, I saw this video on YouTube, right? That's, when it, when a conversation starts like that, you're like, Oh man, what'd they hear? And and so it's how many videos they see of people taking the Bible and taking stuff out of context. And so teaching students, you know, what biblical truth is and how to dive in to develop a, a solid foundation of biblical truth so that when they hear things that are going completely against scripture and where verses are twisted and turned, and manipulated they can tell the difference right because man i can't tell you how many i see that just kind of pulled this way well i, I kind of like this better because mm. right? they they didn't know biblical truth right and so 
teaching biblical truth and teaching them how to to build that foundation i think is is very very important um man that's so interesting because i I haven't thought about that because like traditionally it's like well when they go to college they're going to be exposed to a bunch of different worldviews and and here's what you just said they're exposed to it right now now. on their phone at any moment they're exposed to that so you can't wait no yeah and and here's the other thing i i think we we got to understand where students are where their depth is a lot more than what we think it is Hmm. right our initial when we think of students like we we don't think that students oh man you got to go shallow you know but they need a lot of depth because they're getting the opposite side 24 7. you know you go to you go to school you're hearing from the other side and man i I get texts from students hey I'm, i'm talking to this guy who's an atheist and he says this what do i say to that you know and it's like hey a lot of my day is coaching right yeah here's here's what you say here's here's hey what do you think about this you know that kind of thing um because man they're, they're hearing it far more than we ever did right and that's in man we're in texas yeah <laughs> and that's the case right Bi- bible belt and we're still man they, I, my kids get hammered left and right and so quote i think it was c.s lewis um i think it was actually not theology but philosophy when he said good philosophy is necessary because bad philosophy exists you know and i think same deal with youth ministry right like good good theology is more essential like you're saying in order to be able to spot and recognize false teachings that they encounter oh yeah I don't think there's ever been a time that's been more important to teach students how to defend their faith, yeah. right? Than than ever before, because I don't think we've had <laughs> until the last, you know, maybe five, ten years, man. I don't think we had as many people trying to attack faith as much as we do now. Yeah, you know? sure. But man, that's. Yeah, that's that's some stuff to think about for a while. That's some good good insight for sure. And I love the connection part. Like students need that so so bad, and they they needed that before a worldwide pandemic mm-hmm. created all this isolation, and and so that's only heightened that. And you, we're all three of us are in ministry, um, and uh, people have come up to you like they've come up to me and said, man, I bet being in ministry is really hard right now. And I said, well, yeah, but at least it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, no. Um, So tell me, man, like we've been having conversations with youth ministers on the podcast and and then off the podcast and everybody's got the same story. No one's, no one's knocked it out of the park every day during the pandemic. If they, if they are, and they, say that they're lying to us right so um tell me tell me about the highs and lows for you guys uh, in youth ministry during the pandemic i think some of the highs that we had is um man right after everything went down uh in lavernia we had a, a handful of, of youth minister who, who we came together and we um you know did some things together for the first about month and a half of the of the entire thing and um and it was just to see the the coming together of 
you know, it was First Baptist, the Methodist Church, us, and it's cool. Seeing a, a unity there um, was was really cool, and so we we got together and we uh, did a Wednesday night thing together and got all our students online and that kind of thing. And it was, man, it was, it was really fun and, uh, and cool for everyone to see like, Hey, we, we get along, we have the same mindset and we want, we're wanting the same thing. And, uh, and so that, that was a, that was a, a real big high. Um, I think a couple is because we were forced to go smaller. Um, we were able to engage a little more intimately with, uh, with a lot more students where it's like, Hey, we did, man, I think we, we Bible studied the mess out of the pandemic, um, where it was like, Hey, let's get a group together. And we established discipling groups and different things like that. And, and so it was really neat to, you know, to go small (laughs) and kind of put a, put a focus on, on, you know, small groups of four and five. And, um, you know, now luckily for us, um being small small town somewhat uh we didn't have to stay shut down quite as long as uh, as a lot of people that that i've seen and so we were able to come back and and bring our students back together and then you know trying to figure out how do you bring people back together safely sure. yeah and so man, one of our highs was being able to come back together and uh, we're just getting to see students come back and they're like, and then when they come back, they're like, oh man, it feels so good to just be back, you know, be back around people. And, um, and so that, I think that was kind of refreshing to see like that there were students who realized, man, this is, I really need this in my life. And yeah. And so as they, as it got taken away, there was a little more of an appreciation, you know, so it was neat. Um, And then we got to do some mission stuff with you guys over the, over the pandemic, you know, underground, but it was awesome. Yeah, Uh, we had a good time. That was definitely high. Um, I I think we've had, what the pandemic kind of forced us to do was, I think it helped us to refocus, right? And it brought some stuff to light, which, you know, it was kind of painful looking back and going, hey, how have we strayed a little bit from our strategy as we've grown? And I think a high really was the pandem- pandemic for- forcing us to to look back and examine how we were doing things. Yeah. And then going, all right, let's change it so that we can be more, even more effective than we were before. And um, man, as painful as it was, that was probably one of the best things that happened is that force getting out and then having to self-examine. Because um, I think it, it brought a few things. You know, I talked about connection earlier. For us, one of the, probably one of the lows was realizing how as we grew bigger and you, know, you want to you wanna have as many kids coming, but then as you get more kids coming and so we were getting to the point where i was like man you know when you have small groups are like 20 and 25 it's a lot hard to do different things to establish connection points and so then as you know we grew we kind of dropped some of those connection points that that we made mandatory before Hmm. and it was like oh man 
because then when everything went down in the pandemic, you're going to like, oh, man, we're not as connected to these students as what we thought. And they don't have as many connecting points to the church as what as what we thought before. And um, and so it kind of revealed, all right, we need to go back and do whatever it takes to to establish that, even though it's, you know, it's going to be difficult and it's going to be hard. But the importance of pushing through and not sacrificing on on some of those things um and so that was uh, one of the lows but um man i and i think for us man we had uh and we had a handful of students who uh who who committed suicide or passed away during the during the pandemic and um and it kind of again brought to light like this kind of the danger of what the pandemic caused was isolation and um, man for a generation that was already <laughs> the most anxious generation yep. that has probably ever lived and then the rising rates of of depression um trying to figure out how to get students back in and plugged in is a uh, it's kind of one of the things we're still trying to figure out, right? Because, man, the further, the way youth ministry works, you know, you get out of the habit, it's a lot harder to draw back in, you know, and then you pile on. What did, what did the pandemic cause? Like isolation. And when you're isolated, what do you do? You know, for students who now have <laughs> all the access they want to the entire world, yeah. Man, they're on their phone and they're looking at who knows what, you know. And so then dealing with the guilt of that. Mm -hmm. So then having to deal with the guilt and shame, they're like, oh man, I, I don't even know if I can come anymore because they got guilt and shame that's trying to pull them away. And um man, I, it's kind of a I don't know if I could be a it'd be hard to be a student these days. I'll I'll say oh, that. Oh man. You're not I, lying. The, the challenges that, that I see students dealing with are, man, way, way more difficult than, than the stuff that I had, yep. you know, just yep, that yep. blessing that the phone is, mm -hmm. is also the, their greatest curse, yep. <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. And, Ooh, I would have been bad news with that technology in my hand in high school. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Bad for me. No, I mean, it's, it's like we say, I mean, it's, they have access to see anything they want, but then in the, you know, relationship side of things, you know, what's the, what's the biggest thing that pulls students away from, from youth ministry? Bad relationships, right? Boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah. but then you, you add a phone into that and, and what happened? I mean, so for you and I, it was like, dude, you date a girl in, in high school, you got that landline yeah. and you can only talk for so long. And then right. oh, well, I guess I'm going to see you at school the next day. Yeah. Right. And so there's like this breaking point where it's like, all right, we're yeah. done talking, you know, but now you got students who it's almost like they're in a, in a marriage relationship already. Cause you're 24 seven yep. in contact with somebody and I'm yep. just going I know me as a 13, 14 year old, and I wasn't ready for marriage then. 
but that's essentially what we're causing students to get in right and man yeah that kind of interaction i i never wondered what my friends were doing when i was in high school if i wanted no. to know i'd go go to their house go to their house <laughs> I, I, I see what the, these kids are seeing what they're missing all the time mm -hmm. all the time yeah yeah that's not good and man those, those stories like I, I'm sure you know this. Those stories are not unique, man. Everybody's been struggling with with these same things: the students fighting depression and the isolation and and all that stuff, man. And yeah, I appreciate you being honest about it. Um, because you, you had some great highs. You redeemed the time. You made the most of the opportunity. You know, so many guys have that story. Like, yeah, we, our kids study the Bible more than they ever have. Because what else are they gonna do? You know, we we provided some opportunities, and that's really cool. Like, hey. Mondays, this group, hey, come on, come yeah. on with us, and we're gonna we're gonna get into His Word. We're gonna talk. And yeah, you know, Tuesday, awesome. this group, Wednesday, this group, Thursday, Friday. You know, it was like yeah. every day we had somebody meeting together. Yeah, that's so cool. it was neat. Yeah, and the reevaluating. You know, what are we doing that we need to not do, and all that stuff. Like everybody knows they should be doing that, but nobody wants to do it, and then you get forced to do it. And yeah. you get forced to do it, and then I think you know the pandemic really, and it really opened. Like, I, I don't know if even if we would have tried to evaluate outside of the pandemic, if the pandemic hadn't happened, I don't know if we would have recognized some of these things mm -hmm. that it really took the pandemic to, to truly reveal. Yeah. You know, and I don't think I don't think we would have recognized outside. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I see that. That's that's good. Really good. Um. Man, let's talk about Launchbox a little bit. Um, oh yeah, that's coming up so soon, believe it or not. Like it's, which is you. You like, said I think before we recorded, right? Like that's where we were when it all <laughs> broke apart last year. Yep. And so March is coming very quickly, and yeah, I mean we'll we'll talk just a second about you hosting for us and what we're going to do down there, but like. It feels like to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like to me, Launchbox has just become a part of your normal youth ministry plan. It's like you guys have been with us several years, and right. we now I know I'm seeing the same kids and your yeah. same adult, Stacy, you know, like, like oh, yeah. I, I see those same faces, which is really, really cool for us. Um, but like, why is that? Why is Launchbox now? Yeah, we're going to do that. That's a part of our calendar. That's a part of our plan, our strategy for our youth ministry. Why is that true for you guys? Man, I, I think it's the, the training aspect, right? There's yeah. uh, for, for us, I mean, you talk about a mission trip that kind of encompass, encompasses all the aspects that you want your students to get, where you get kind of this, the international feel, because we're we want our students to all go international at some point, you know, cause God's called us to the world. Right. But man, when you go to Launchbox, I think our kids get so many different kinds of interactions. It's like for every student, there will be a thing that they will connect to, hmm. right? There will be some kind of ministry that they do during the week that they will connect to. Good. And you know, so for that shy kid, uh, there's something Yeah. <laughs> you know, for the outgoing, you, you know, you're, you're going to be around kids at some point. Yeah. And, and so then, and then I think it's the, oh, wow, this is, this is here in my own 
you know, my own world, you know, right. where it's like, this is in my backyard. I, I didn't have to go. And so it kind of opens their eyes to going, man, I didn't know this was how the U S was and going, all right, let's go get it. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it's been neat to see their eyes open, but then you guys do such an amazing job of, of training where it's like, okay, let's train you how to share the gospel. You know, let's, let's train, you know, let's talk about prayer. Let's talk, you know, let's, let's train you on, on these key elements that, you know, when you talk about mission trips, sometimes are, are taken for granted. And so my students are going to come in and I know that they're going to come in and they're going to leave with a deeper understanding and better equipped to live out the mission whenever they, whenever they leave. And man, I cannot say enough about that, the training aspect. Dude. Well, thanks for saying that. I'll, I'll Venmo you something later or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I really do appreciate you saying that. And I know that you mean it. And, and, and you know, our heart, like to me, it's partnership. Oh yeah. You're, you're trusting us to, to train your kids in discipleship, which is what you're doing. You said it early in the podcast. Discipleship is key. Stick to the basics. Teach these kids what their faith is and how to live it out and how to study their Bible, how to share their faith. And so it's just partnership for us. It's like oh, yeah. giving another voice to your students that's not your same voice, which is good, but just another voice to say those oh, yeah. things. And that environment of, oh, but we're doing it today, you know? It, yeah. So and when I when I hear my kids go, oh, remember when uh, Kai and Lance? When remember they talked about this at, at Launchbox, you know? And remember, oh, remember this at Launchbox? And it's like, okay, you know, and it and it's not about you know a fun activity. It's it's like, oh, remember what they told us about this? And it's like, man, they they're remembering and recalling, and that's, uh, that's great, and putting it into practice. As long as they never say, remember what J.R. Vassar told us, then I think we're good. <laughs> I think your kids are good. As long as that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's just one of my tests to see if he's listening. And I know he's not. So um, so we've been doing Launchbox for well, our, our first year, which you weren't on the scene yet. I don't think we were in Plano. No. And we eventually moved to this partnership we've had in Fort Worth. And we've been there four or five years. And you've yeah. been a part of that most of that time. And we wanted to expand uh, and have another week of Launchbox if, if the Lord would allow that. And so we started that process. And then, kind of a backdoor thing, Texas messed up spring break schedules all over the place. And Fort Worth was not really the best option for most of our churches or a lot of our churches. And then you guys have decided <laughs> mm -hmm. to host a week in Lavernia eight and a half hours from panhandle close to san antonio um how, how'd you guys come to that conclusion that you're going to host it and um yeah what what are you excited about on that part of it oh yeah so when uh so when kai was here um this past summer you know doing our doing our wednesday night yeah for hometown. everybody for hometown yeah um you know he's looking looking around he's like man this would be a great place to to host Launchbox, and I was like, "Yeah, we'll do it." <laughs> that's kind of how it went. <laughs> that's and, uh, yeah, and so you know, and man, San Antonio—it's one of the fastest-growing cities in the in the U.S. And you, 
man, there's people coming from all over the world to to the U.S. I'm um, to San Antonio, sure. and um, man, it's so many opportunities to to reach people that that have because you know San Antonio, there's not as many you know Dallas, Fort Worth, I mean organizations everywhere, right? You know. And San Antonio, there, there's some, but there's not to the degree that the Fort Worth and the Dallas's are. And, and so you're talking about a massive amounts of, of just unreached, I mean, yeah, unreached peoples. And, um, and man, the possibilities are, are, are endless, man. And so we just, man, we're excited to, to go to places that no ministry really, really works at. And uh, or partnering with the ministry that is, they don't have a lot of people on their team, you know. Yeah, right. And uh, and I think that's that's one of the things, man. There's just they need more workers for the harvest, right? And uh, and so we get to to be that. And so there's there might be some people down there. There are that we're going to be partnering with who, you know, it's two people, and there's that literally thousands of of, of kids in this one little apartment area that they try to minister to. And it's just two. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like, Hey man, let us come and partner and, uh, and, and reach more. That's cool. And yeah, it's like, it's looking like maybe 150 plus that week. I don't know if Kai's told you that or if he's tried to no, keep yeah. it a secret. Um, <laughs> it's looking like it's going to be a fun week and we're going to really get, that's awesome. we're going to get some, boots on the ground to connect and all those things. So, and, and I know you like the advantage of you um, hosting is that, you know, San Antonio, you know, these things, you have connections. And so you're helping us plan this week. You're helping us put together ministry opportunities that are, that'll mm-hmm. be like Launchbox. It'll something for everyone yeah. and significant work, helping like all these kinds of things. And I know I'm not, I know that's still process. Like we still have a few weeks. We're still putting together some things. Oh, yeah. We were talking about some connections and stuff like that. So we're not expecting a full plan. <laughs> but what, what are some things that you, you think, yeah, we're going to get to do this. Students that come this year to Launchbox San Antonio, which is, by the way, March 8th through the 12th, that first mm-hmm. week of spring break, we're going to be in San Antonio, La Bernia, really, but focused on San Antonio. What are students and youth groups coming that week going to experience and get to be involved in? So there's this fiberglass cow tour. <laughs> First and foremost, that's going to be a part of Igosia. Passage. Um, no, I, so it's going to be, man, you're going to get to engage with a, a, an insane amount of kids that, you know, we're partnering with a group called Ethnos that, and we're, we're going to go down to the West side of San Antonio and, and run some, some kind of Bible clubs that uh, is going to reach and, and minister to, and a, a lot of kids who, who, like I said before, that they, they have nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest, I, I know my kids, and we, we kind of did the same thing at uh at launchbox in fort worth and so it's it's taking that same thing and just putting your kids out where they're ministering to to these kids and drawing these kids and developing relationships with these kids that 
you know, I, I thought it was so cool. Man, when we go to Launchbox and Fort, my kids will kind of be disappointed that they're not going to see the, the kids that they fell in love with yeah, yeah. at Fort Worth, you know. But then, you know, we've partnered with with Ethnos before. And so my kids are like, you know, some of the kids know them by name and they're like, oh, is is, is Grace Bible Church coming? Because I, I love this person, this person. And so those are the kids that are in that that neighborhood connected to that ministry are asking. And so you have you have these kids that and are just desperate for this connection and somebody just to just to love love them for yep. for a little bit because then for a lot though they're just not getting it and yep. uh and so we get the opportunity to to be that um for those kids and so i mean i i think that's the for me that's the part of the week that i look forward to most and, and most of my kids man they that is their favorite part of of what they do is just going connecting with all those kids and then you know we have the the international aspect where you are you're going to run into you know these kids that have come in from from overseas and uh and so you're going to talk with kids who are you know muslim and uh you're going to go to the door and knock on the door of a person who who's muslim and um and so you're going to be able to interact and really open their eyes to hey this is they're here now let's go get them and bring them into into the kingdom and uh and i, I love that international aspect um now ethnos they one of the things i love about ethnos is they're they're very personal and so they they work and they go down to to the west side and they have these amazing relationships with all these all these families and so they've been invited to to go into you know the houses of of these other religious beliefs and so they've kind of earned their favor yeah. and so then in return when we partner with them it's kind of the favor that they've earned they point them to us and it's like oh hey no no they're with us and so then we now have an end that man without their prior relationship wouldn't be there and so man it's and so it's cool to kind of leverage some of that for for his kingdom oh yeah and i love that like you got a ministry that's established and you're helping them and then you Mm -hmm. we have a host church and you guys are involved not just during this one week and so there's continuity to Mm -hmm. all that there's connections that are not just for a week and that's going to be really really cool and, and just everything you described is what you said earlier, like the, the shy kid that doesn't know if he can do this is going to have a chance to join in a game and play with some kids and be a friend to some kids who need a friend. And your yeah. kids that are next level are going to get gospel conversations and teaching opportunities. It's just, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. so excited about that, bro. So uh, excited. Like I said, I, I don't know if I've ever had a student who walked away from Launchbox going, yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> and that's never happened. Good, yeah. good, good. They're always like, "Oh man, I, is the week over already? I, I don't really want to go home." <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and we're all like, "Yeah, we're retired, so we're gonna go home. It's okay." <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. So, real quickly, I know you got to get off here pretty quick. So, um, last question: um, If you're talking to a youth minister, and they're even considering, they're thinking, well, "Maybe I should check out this launchbox thing." What? Why would? What would you tell them? Why should they? bring a group 
the whole group, small leadership group, whatever, and come check out Launchbox, either San Antonio or Fort Worth? Why should they do that? Your students will be more equipped in this one week than probably anything else that you could do, hands down. I would push my kids to Launchbox over camp, <laughs> over Disciple Nows, um, because the equipping piece is life-changing you know th those other things are too but if i were to choose just one thing for for any student i, I would be pushing them to, to launch box and i'm telling you you wouldn't you, the returns that you'll get on the other side <laughs> are going to be far greater and there will be no regrets coming from the other side i could promise you that man that's cool you've probably seen this last year we've kind of started saying to help people understand I go, not just Launchbox, but I go. Mm -hmm. It's like we're short-term missions with long-term impact. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and there's nothing magical about that. Long-term impact comes from the, from the training. If you're mm -hmm. training while you're experiencing, you're learning while you're experiencing, like it sticks. And so yeah. I love, 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 love what you just said. Plus they get to spend a week, if they come to San Antonio, they get to spend a week with you and go to like the only Whataburger that anybody's ever heard of, right? Yeah, the yeah, the only one in Texas, yeah. <laughs> That's worth the trip right there. Oh, March, if you've never eaten there, come on. Come on. Uh, March 8th through 12th, it's Launchbox San Antonio. We are back in Fort Worth, that is the plan. The next week, March 15th through the 19th or something like that mm -hmm. in Fort Worth. And man, if you're looking for a, a way to get back in the game with your youth group, hadn't done anything in a while, this would be the place to jump wow. in. Launchbox, oh, yeah. come hang out with us, and uh, yeah. let's see let's see what God does. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's dude, join it. Yeah, join it. All right, uh, Jeff, you've been a lot of places. Um, Lavernia's, Plainview, Florida. Like I don't know what kind of music I should bring in right now. <laughs> to kind of close this podcast out i think maybe like some beach music so I, I don't know maybe uh maybe a little fiesta style music to get us ready for launchbox San Antonio. Uh, I, need San Antonio. To, <laughs> I need to i need to think about that as uh, as i go back into editing uh unfortunately the mayor of igoja had some uh, important diplomatic concerns and he had to step off the podcast a little while ago but Kai, uh, I'm glad that he was here. But Jeff, really, thank you, bro. Thank you for taking the time to come in, sit on the podcast, endure Kai's ridiculous questions, and share some of your experience, your wisdom with with our listeners. Thank you. The fact that he knew so much about Plainview. <laughs> we, we hey, we don't do a lot of things well with this podcast, but we do our research. All right. Oh yeah. Oh we yeah. Do our research. Oh yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for your time today, bro. And uh, we will see you real soon. It's just a matter of weeks. We will be there, Lord willing. For and, sure. Uh, and, and get back to work. So thanks, bro. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thank you. all